yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. So we begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Allianz Supporting all 32 counties Through the Allianz Leagues Hello and welcome to the Toronto Independent Dollar GA podcast in association with Allianz I'm Wes Saturday Glad to be joined as always by Mike O'Verney Michael, hello How are you, Well, Yeah, good, thanks uh, Last weekend of Allianz League Action in the books uh, it's been a successful two weeks return overall. There was obviously a lot of question marks when things kicked off, but I think as we moved, as we kind of hoped, as we moved through the games and the weekends, the action kind of takes center stage. And I think people are getting maybe a little more hopeful that we can kind of uh, get through the next couple of weeks as well. Yeah, the, the talk was all of whether the games will go ahead. Now it's just what's going to happen in the games. And I think, I think that's great. We're kind of just getting back into that normality of analysing games, analysing systems, analysing players, rather than, you know, will it or won't it go ahead? So, no, I think it's been great over the last two weeks. And uh, the league, I maybe would have had question marks about it beforehand, but it sets up perfectly for championship now, particularly a knockout football championship. They're all coming in now. They've all had, well, some of them haven't had any, any games uh, or some teams have only had one game. Uh, some of, most have had two. And they're set up perfectly for championship now. And I think it's it's built up nicely just for that knockout championship. Uh, the fact you're not coming in cold and just one game and you're in or out. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's set up perfectly over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we're going to be joined in a couple of minutes by uh, Kieran Whelan to go over the football action as well as Dunica Boyle, who's going to who's gonna join us as well. But before we, we bring in the guys, like, what are you looking forward to the most over the next couple of weeks? Oh, um, just to see, like, I I was obviously very young the last time it was knockout championship, just to see what that brings to the table. It obviously, you're going to be missing that kind of atmosphere uh, of, you know, you know, ravaging kind of fans, like mad for, you know, it's everyone's there that Sunday because it's not, there might be another Sunday or there might be another Saturday. So just to see, is there a clear kind of shift in, uh, I suppose physicality, everything, the enthusiasm, every, everybody. There's no, there's no back door now, so everyone should be going at it absolutely hell for leather. And I suppose that it's a real kind of throwback. Ninety nine, two thousand is the last time time we saw that. So I, I suppose the fact that a shock is is going to be a shock now for the for the year. There's not going to be if Dublin are beaten. There's no way back in. If you know if Dublin are beaten in the Super 8s last year, they can still come back and win their other two games or whoever. Like Donegal Tyrone is really, really interesting because you're missing one of the top six are going to be gone after the first weekend. And maybe like that, maybe you wouldn't want it to be the case every year because of all the preparations they put in to be gone after one game. But for the year that's in it, I think it will 
like raise it raise the interest even more and uh yeah that that's really the one you'd really really have an eye on now next weekend yeah, promises to be very exciting uh, over the next couple of weeks. But for the moment, we'll look back at, at the last weekend of Allianz League action. And we'll start with, I guess, a funny game in that it was both a league final uh, in Division 1 and Hurling and also the first round of the Munster Hurling Championship, uh, Limerick versus Clare. And I'm going to be joined by Donica Boyle as well, as Michael Verney to discuss that. Donica, how are things? Good, Will. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, it was a busy weekend of GA action once again. We'll start off with the hurling because it was a, a, a funny game in, in Limerick and Clare that was both the league final, Michael, as well as the championship quarter final in Munster. Limerick with a very impressive second half to run out 36 points to 123 victors. What stood out to you uh, over the course of their performance? I don't know. I'd say they did well to get Declan Hannon to force a smile by lifting the cup, I'd say, because I'd say he didn't have much interest in lifting the cup after yesterday. It was all about the championship game for them, uh, in fairness, and they went about their business really, really well. It was, uh, I suppose there was a couple of interesting things. The fact that they, the fact that they didn't put a man marker on Tony Kelly was definitely one. And he was given probably, I don't know, it's probably his best performance ever in a Clare shirt. He was absolutely phenomenal. But the fact that Limerick stuck with their guns and stuck with their game plan and weren't going to let, you know, the fact that he was running riot or, you know, how dangerous he was affect their game plan was probably definitely one thing. Uh, it's probably a, maybe a sign of uh, hope for some other teams that maybe they they know exactly what Limerick are going to do. They're going to play in a set position and play this pattern so that maybe Liam Sheedy be looking at that. It's something that maybe he can get at when they play them in the Munster semi-final. But as far as Limerick, Limerick go, like back-to-back league titles, Munster champions last year, uh, All-Ireland champions two years ago, it doesn't really get much more impressive than that. They're, they're definitely a side for every season as well. They were playing as well yesterday as they were earlier on in February and March and even as well as they would even last summer. So, yeah, they're they're a fairly complete side, and they they laid down their marker yesterday and um, showed everybody their champ- championship aspiration for the summer. Yeah, Donnick, did Limerick kind of live up to the favourites type they have going into the championship with that performance? Do you think? Yeah, I think they have, and and it looks like in the, the five six months or whatever it was that we were off that they haven't missed the beat. Um, I think it was five wins from five before this, and then straight into a performance like that where thirty six points. I think the second highest point scoring Italian uh, championship. I think only looking at it this morning. There's very good uh, online account GA stats, and they have it that only Cork last year in twenty nineteen scored more points, uh, and that was forty against Westmead in in, in a qualifier. So that's sort of just on the lines the amount the scoring power they hold as much along with all the physicality and athleticism because you've seen them coming running out onto the pitch yesterday. And it's just the shape they're in. They seem to be, and they're all big men and really mobile. And so, yeah, they did, did they live up to it absolutely. And I think what's interesting as well, if you go back to roughly this time last year, um, where you had all that sort of fallout from New York, and you could have had any like any sort of a reaction to that, you know, from within the panel, from within the county, um, and to just seem to have be it the squad themselves or John Kylie or the the, the a combination of both. It hasn't taken a bit out of them. I think that's that's pretty remarkable too. So, you know, are they? Yeah, I think all Ireland favourites, absolutely, and rightly so. And my Casey injury, Michael, you flagged last week is something that could be very crucial for them going forward. How did you feel the full back line held up uh, against Clare? Uh, yeah, well enough. The, the the goal the goal was probably a, a miscommunication between Barry Nash, who's probably never played in the full back line, and who his uh, his underage career would have been as a half forward or as a corner forward. He ran into Sean Finn and as a result Ryan Taylor was able to pick up the break. There was probably a couple of little things like that. Um like I've played cornerback for years. The difference between playing cornerback and even wing back, there 
they're just poles apart. As cornerback, you have to be flipping smart. You have to be pretty miserable, um, anti anti sport. I would say to play corner cornerback. You have to play a bit of a hurling at wing back, don't you? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That, that's what. Hence why I was playing cornerback. You have to be able to hurt. Uh, so yeah, like the cornerback, you have to be. You're a stopper more than anything else. But uh, to be fair. Like Barry Nash was burst out with balls in the second half, which is you know, which was definitely something promising for him. Uh, but there is a, it's poles apart, and their versatility has probably been affected by Richie English could move in full back, or he could play the other corner. Same with Sean Finn. Same with Mike Casey. Casey could go cornerback. It looks like they're going to leave Dan Morrissey full back. He probably wouldn't be all that comfortable in the corner. So it'd be interesting to see what whether teams will try and go after that, particularly Tipperary. Uh, what they'll do maybe might they might position a couple of forwards in positions in the full forward they might stack their full forward line to try and take advantage of that so th- that's probably something they can't afford to pick up another injury in the backs they're not that they're at their limit at the moment but like Jerome Boylan is probably the other one and maybe Aaron Costello and they're kind of both be rookies so they don't have a wealth of options there they've lost two basically all-star worthy full back line players so that that'll be interesting. That that'll be one thing. It'll definitely be a bit of solace for other teams and something that they might go after. Yeah, don't again just a word on Clare. Obviously, they, they were big underdogs yesterday with the amount of absentees they have. You know, John Connell and Peter Duggan to name two who have been hugely influential over the last number of years. But you know, is there reasons to be hopeful as they go into the back door? Like the performance of Tony Kelly, seventeen points overall, including eight from play, goes down as probably one of the the great individual performances we've seen. Is there a reason to think they could rebound potentially in the back door? I think they can, and I think you've seen it. Various teams have done it over the year, uh, over the years. I think Clare as well will, you know, we've, we spoke about them for years about being potential laden, and maybe for a lot of people that haven't just lived up to that, uh, to, to the, the quality they have in their team. John Collins, a huge loss. Peter Duggan, Podge Collins, um, you know, it, there's still an awful lot of talent there. Um, the back door is going to be really, it's going to be really hot and heavy because, you know, you're literally. But you're fighting for your life now straight away so we'll just see how that goes for them but look are they capable of it absolutely but I suppose we say that about them an awful lot yeah well we're moving on to, to the Allianz League football action now I'm delighted to be joined as well by uh, Dublin legend Kieran Whelan Kieran, thanks for joining us no problem well no bother yeah, and it was an interesting final weekend. Obviously, the, the league was decided fairly early on Saturday with uh, Kerry's big win over Donegal. And I think Joe Brodie described Dave Clifford as the Terminator sent back uh, to, to end Dublin football. Uh, they're running the All-Ireland Championship. Uh, how impressed have you been with, with Kerry going into this championship in terms of maybe the growth they've shown since the final last year? Yeah, listen, you're always expecting Kerry to get stronger and better uh, and, and would have taken a lot from last year's All-Ireland final, you know, coming up for the first time in a relatively new young team under Peter Keane. So I don't think you can overread into the Donegal game, to be honest with you, though, because, you know, Donegal, long journey down, nothing to play for, a bit of a dead rubber for them, left a few other key players off. Uh, Declan Bonner took a few off in the second half, like he took Steve McMenamin off, who was actually doing okay on Clifford in the first half. Um, and you know we know how good Clifford is, and we know he's going to get better, and we know the talent that he is. Uh, but I think from a Kerry perspective, uh, they're definitely trying to work on a, on a on a new system, whether it's a system they'll, they'll implement all the time, or whether it's something they just want to rely on. They have a massive emphasis on the work rate, and I think that would have been the biggest thing that pleased Peter Keane was 
the tackle rate, particularly of his forward line, and they're dropping a bit deeper into the mid-sector before putting that press on. So they're dropping back through the lines and they're trying to hit on the counter-attack. And and when they play on the counter-attack, they have, you know, between Thomas Sullivan, Gavin White at left half-back, Paul Murphy, the pace, the massive pace adds, and, and they can just get away from fellas very, very easily, and that creates an overlap. And then when you've got Johnny O'Shea, and Clifford on the other end of the field and you've got like Tony Brosnan who was who was who's been very good over the last two weeks and is playing with huge confidence as well. They look fairly dangerous. Um so I think Kerry will be happy league title in the in the bag. They have two weeks to get ready for Cork. You know, definitely improving but 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 can you really read into the last two weeks? I'm not so sure, you know, that like that they, they can only focus on their own game at, at, at this current time and definitely you have to Donegal comes with a bit of a health warning but in terms of attitude intensity work rate Keane would have been very happy Yeah Michael because as Kieran says there maybe that, that kind of defensive system or the counter-attacking play that's something you kind of pointed out that you, you noticed that Kerry might be working on and if you're working on it with two weeks to go to your big championship game against Cork it's probably something that you're going to be trying yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, they definitely looked to have flooded a lot more bodies back. Like, that's not to say that it wasn't happening last year. It definitely was. Uh, forget there was a Paul Gainey point in the All Ireland final last year, the drawing game, where I think, I don't know if he sold the ball up the full length of the field, but there was no one ahead of whoever the ball carrier was. It could have well been a Gainey, but they just have probably honed it a bit more. And it's, uh, as Kieran said there, someone like a, a Gavin White. Uh, he's obviously was fairly well flagged as a minor and even as an under 20 and under 21 player but just sometimes it just takes that you know a, a little bit longer he was parachuted in there fairly young he looks like he's really after after kind of finding his feet he has that that McCaffrey-esque kind of pace well I, listen I don't know if anyone has the same pace as Jack, Jack McCaffrey but he was he was similar and he was able to break tackles for that goal yesterday and finish uh, really well so the more kind of the more foils and the more alternatives they have to Clifford, the better. You know, Tomas O'Shea wrote on Saturday uh, in the Independent that he was just maybe a small bit worried that they were relying too much on Clifford. The more guys that they have coming in, picking up some of the slack, the likes of uh, Tony Brosnan, who obviously he's made a kind of miraculous cover. I think he had, a, he had a punctured lung with Dr. Crooks only about maybe six weeks to two months ago. He was playing great stuff in the club and he's kind of carried that form in. Uh, someone like a Michal Burns as well and then when you have defenders coming up and giving that uh, scoring option as Kieran mentioned Thomas Sullivan bombing forward and Gavin White as well and even Paul Murphy too it's all it all just seems to be coming together um, it keeps it seems to be coming together nicely you know you can't obviously judge too much off, off league but I'd imagine Peter Keane is fairly happy with where they are at the moment and they'll just look a bit more solid at the back and a little bit less open than they were um, so that that's all that's all positive for them, hugely positive. I think I think he's a bit of a he has a, a, a task on his hand to find his his best fifteen, and it might be very specific fifteen for a very specific job on a day on a given day. But like if you look at you, Clifford is obviously going to start, and at the moment they have uh, Tony Brosnan beside him. But that could also be former footballer of the year James O'Donoghue, who had a little who's obviously luckless with injuries, but he's had a little bit of form before the, the, the COVID break and he picked up an injury. You have Killian Spillane come off the bench and got a goal in the um, final last year. Paul Ganey's two all-stars. He can play there, obviously. Um, Tommy Walsh offers something very different. So you're going to have to find a way. Stephen O'Brien, we haven't seen too much of him. And he was, I think, maybe going into the All-Ireland semi-final or, or the draw final was probably in the football or the year conversation at one stage last year. So 
Um, you have to, there's an awful lot of talent there, but finding that mix and, and finding the right players to do the right jobs is, is, is one of the things now. And there's no time to find your feet. Like normally you could say that, you know, Kerry will, you know, blow out the dirty petrol is the thing that you always be attributed to. But there is no time for that. Corker in two weeks' time. And after last year's Munster final, I was down at it in Parky Cueve. They just went at them, played with absolutely zero fear. They had nothing to lose. They were after getting relegated to Division 3. And the Cosima, load of problems that day and I think you'll kind of have the same thing again I think Ronan McCarthy and Cork will just go out and have a cut at them and see how to get on I think that one, of the, one of the interesting things Will in relation to their system is you know if, the, if they're developing a new system who is it in mind like is it Dublin in mind you know obviously they, they probably see Dublin probably is the key threat we, we all do and that's probably favourites for the All-Ireland but you know, we saw Kerry last year in the draw game play with a high press you know at times you know caused Dublin a bit of problem with Dublin Coppin them out but then in the replay we saw them sitting a lot deeper and 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 that kind of suited Dublin as well Dublin play with great width and were able to pick them off and just looking at the way they played over the last couple of weeks you're kind of saying you wonder if that if they came up against Dublin and they implemented a system like that would it play into Dublin's hands that they end up sitting back and Dublin would be happy to to control the game and pick them off so it's 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 interesting it's gonna be interesting to see how they develop but they're they're definitely in a good place yeah Kieran and in terms of other Kind of potential rivals to Dublin, obviously Mayo against Galway the previous weekend. You know, two seventeen by half time. It was the opposite story yesterday. They were heavily behind against Tyrone, and while they did come back into the game, they ultimately were defeated, and that's their relegation to Division Two for the first time since I think nineteen ninety six. But is it probably more glass half full for James Horan going into the championship, or, or how would you read it? Uh definitely, yeah. Like, okay, I know, I know, we're only a week or two to championship, but like when you look at the league and you look at, you know, Galway gave Tyrone a, a hose and back and. February, uh, you know, then Mayo come and hammer Galway and then, you know, Tehran come down and beat Mayo yesterday. Like, it just it kind of makes a mockery some of the results over the last couple of weeks. But I think the way Mayo finished the game would probably be more of a positive from from James Horan's perspective. I think he'd be disappointed with the first uh, the first 20, 25 minutes, particularly the first half. They were very naive defensively. Uh, they played man-to-man at the back. Uh, Tyrone were playing with a strong wind. Uh, Mayo were badly exposed. Like he, he restructured the defence yesterday, and he put Cohen in full back, and he put Kevin McLaughlin in centre back, uh, and they were kind of at sixes and sevens. And Keegan was in the corner, Mark McCurry. So I just think they got it wrong in that first 20-25 minutes. Now, having said that, Tyrone were excellent, uh, um, and they played with a higher line, and they moved the ball very, very quickly. And some, some, like you know, young Canavan, he's only going to get better. Uh, Connor McKenna, like like lads, I can't even explain how good he played yesterday. This guy has just ex- hit the ground running coming back from Australia. I've never I've never seen anything like it. He was involved in everything. He's so powerful. He's so strong. He's two feet. He's a great kick pass to the ball. He can score. Uh, amazing stuff for somebody that's been out of the game. And and he's made it. He he's given Tyrone massive options, whether it's the middle centre forward, full forward. Um, and he, he was excellent yesterday. So Tyrone ripped him to shreds in the first 20, 25 minutes. But uh, Mayo kind of settled back into the game. And, and I think Horan will be, listen, he'd be happy enough. Like Mayo like to play on the front foot, they like to play man to man football. That comes with its own risks. Uh, but, you know, he would have been very happy the likes of Tommy Conroy yesterday. He's a bit of a live wire. Having said that, I think he overcarried the ball two or three times yesterday when he was scoring. And if he gets pulled by referees, he's going to be in trouble. It's something he has to watch. But he's definitely dangerous. He's very direct. He goes at guys. Uh, he picked up a good few scores yesterday. It was a quiet day for Moran at centre forward and, and Aidan O'Shea. So the forwards didn't. Then Killian O'Connor didn't start. Uh, Darren Kong came in and was kind of 
hit and miss, got done, done a couple of good things. So the forward line didn't really click. Uh, they still put 119 on the board. So yes, they're relegated, uh, but I would think he won't, he won't be too disappointed because, you know, I think Galway have a lot more to maybe find in, in Connacht. Ross Common are probably the real dangers lurking in the background as well down there. So, no, Horan would be happy enough, but uh, Tyrone definitely found a different way to play as well. Yes. Can I just ask you a quick one? I know you did a piece on the, on the AFL and guys that came back from the AFL and maybe haven't done that well. And it kind of highlights probably just how unbelievable of a talent McKenna is to come back and do what he's done in those two games. Can you just talk us through the, the percentages-wise or numbers-wise of lads that have maybe come back and even struggled to make an impact at inter-county level? Yeah, so it was um, 63, 63 fellas since. It actually started with a newspaper ad in the Sunday Press, um, which I couldn't get my hands on because the National Library was closed. But uh, 63 fellas have gone over since... Uh, Sean White went over first but Paul Early from Roscommon was actually the first to play uh, for Melbourne uh, about 400 lads responded to newspaper ads and, and they were the, the first two to go over and since then there's been sort of on and off interest in it um, a bit of a lull in the times when the International Compromise Rules series was dropped um, but about half of who, fellas who go over never play a senior match now that's for a variety of reasons like some fellas it's not a talent thing like for the likes of Kilkenny undoubtedly I'm sure would have made a career over there but he just opted to come home other fellas get injured um, particularly not so much now because the gap has closed but going back maybe 20 years and maybe even fellas at Kieran's vintage maybe were going over there and the step up in training was so significant that they break down like I spoke to Nicholas Walsh from Cavan before about that that you know, he went over and it just was opened up to a whole new world and his body just couldn't handle it. So um, so for fellas going over there, win a contract in the first place is amazing. What Zach Tuhu is doing 200 games is incredible. Mark O'Connor to play in a grand final is absolutely unbelievable because they're going over at 19 or 18, playing a game they've never played before against fellas who've been playing all their lives. So um, I watched that game Saturday morning. It's a pity they didn't get over the line, but um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's something that probably goes underappreciated here what those lads are managing to do in the AFL. Uh, to get a contract in the first place and then to make a career out of this series going. Yeah, Michael, and like the Conor McKenna factor, like, you know, Kieran, you know, the praise that Kieran put on him there would make it seem like he, he could be a huge impact player in the championship for them. And then Dara Canavan as well, Peter Canavan's son as well, got a goal as well, uh, showed, uh, you know, a, a nice finish there. So there's a few options emerging for Toronto. Well, it kind of seems like with Conor McKenna that there's, there's several different strings to his bow. He can go in full forward and he can get a ball in front and take on a man. He can be a playmaker out the field. Uh, we saw with Michael Murphy as well there the week before. He's well able to get tackles in around that kind of middle third as well. Big physical player too. He offers them so much in a year where they were probably writing off having that type of player available to them, particularly in the full forward name with Cotton McShane being out. It's... He's just a huge asset. And uh, Derek Canavan coming in, yeah, just looked the natural. I know he was, he was named a cornerback yesterday. And he was obviously going to play anywhere but there. But he looked, he looked really, really composed as well. He's had a couple of injuries. I don't know, did he have a broken thumb or something recently enough? He's not long back anyway. But uh, obviously, been as they call it, been son, son of God, he's a, he's a natural as well. Like, but they have, it, it looks like uh, all of a sudden they kind of have, you know, a couple of kind of new options, particularly up top, which they probably badly need. I think the big, big thing with is what way will they play? You know, uh, that's the big question for me. Like yeah, yesterday, they, they kind of played man to man. They didn't, 
uh, have that system where they all, you know, when they can see kickouts, you see them dropping back inside the 50 and defending the 50-yard line. Yes, they, particularly in the first half, a little bit more defensive in the second half when 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 they were playing against the win, but but they went man-to-man yesterday. And, you know, they have quality and they have good kick passers and they have good footballers. Uh, and, and yes, they've been left themselves open a few times when they play that system, but they go to Donegal next week. And for me, if, if they play like they did against them in the league last week, Donegal, I think, will, will open them up because Donegal play with great width and they're well well used to dealing with that system. So it will be interesting to see what Hart throws at Donegal next week. Will he go with something different? Um, I think he has to, in my view. Uh, but uh, definitely Tyrone played a different way yesterday. And, and personally, I think it's, it suits, suits their style. It suits the quality of player they have. Yeah, Donegal, it's an interesting one looking at next week's game, especially with the view of the league clash two weeks ago where Donegal's goals, Tyrone's defence just parted completely and, and they, they were completely carved open. And as Kieran said, they looked to be playing slightly different yesterday. Like, how how instructive is that league game two weeks ago, do you think, in terms of what we might see next weekend or, or were teams holding back a little bit? Yeah, I think I think there's no one going to be revealing their, their full of their hand at that stage. You can say that maybe both teams were... Maybe looking over their shoulder a little bit, but um, I definitely I think that uh, there was a bit of shadow boxing in that one. Like next weekend, like Kieran made an interesting point. Like if that would be a, a fairly significant sea change for um, Tyrone if they were going to go down that road and like and he highlighted it last night and start these long raking balls. Some of them have been, you know, some of them were just really top notch kicking. And, that maybe we haven't seen that much from them. So, and in the absence of Kyle McShane, which was obviously their sort of their fulcrum of their attack last year, and now all of a sudden Conor McKenna's come in and is fulfilling a variety of roles. Dara Canavan is fit, big tout of talent, but finally they got him on the pitch. So maybe maybe they're going to maybe they have a, a, a different de- a hand to uh, pull from now, and they're going to. Um, Going to play a slightly different way. Yeah, and Karen, we, we've talked about the challengers. Uh, maybe we talk about the champions for a second now. Dublin, obviously, uh, with two wins from two in the league since they returned, and some young players like getting more exposure. Paddy Small, Sean Bugler, Robbie McDade, uh, you know, all making contributions. You know, with such a, a kind of a strange, you know, landscape for you know Desi Farrell coming in, a few play- key men stepping away, the championship structure changing. Like, where, where do you see Dublin being at going into this uh, championship? Uh, I don't think they're firing on all cylinders, Will, if I'm being honest with you, based on the last two weeks. I know they've had no challenge games and they've only had two games and I suppose every week you're going to expect that they're going to improve. I thought, you know, to start the meet game last week they were going to kind of kick on and, 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 and blitz them, but they, they didn't really and they left themselves a little bit exposed to the back and meet had numerous chances to expose them. Uh, yesterday was... Yes, it was slightly different in that the conditions were fairly bad. We all know it's like playing Pierce Park when a wind blows in Pierce Park. It's horrible. Uh, and they played into the wind in, in, in the first half. And, and, and I thought I thought Galway gave them far too much respect uh, and probably were very edgy coming into the game on the back of last week's performance. And they sat back uh, when they played with the wind and they let Dublin control the game. And apart from Paul Conroy, Galway you know, didn't look to have a whole lot of attack and threat up front with, with, with uh, Shane Walsh on the bench. So Dublin controlled the game and that, that's probably what gave them the platform going into the second half. With that win, they're always going to pick off a few scores. But like it, it was a good, decent performance, sloppy at times. I'd say Desi would like to cut down on some of the turnovers, but you have to, you know, the conditions would have contributed to that. Um, so they're not, not, not firing, you know, to the level that I'd say he wants them to get to uh, positives. 
Paddy Small yesterday, you know, you know, he, he's put his hand up in the forward line, kicked two brilliant points into a very stiff wind yesterday and got two good marks in the second half. John Bugler came off the bench, young Keen Murphy done reasonably well at corner back again. Um, so like there is there is guys that are that, that are, are putting their hand up to push into in, into that first fifteen. Uh, Kilkenny was excellent. Fenton was Fenton was brilliant in the first half, uh, as he usually is. So yeah, I'd say Dublin are you know seventy five percent where they probably want to be, uh, and and hoping that those two games will 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 uh, get the cobwebs off and and that they should start improving. You know, the, this is the they probably have that advantage where they have a bit of time. They're not waiting for next week to go into a big game. Uh, you know, Kerry have Cork on the rise, in which they have to respect. You know, Dun- uh, Tyrone and Donegal next week, and then the, the, the Connacht lads are going to be clipping off each other in the next couple of weeks as well. So Dublin probably have that little bit, a few weeks extra to get themselves uh, toned up. But a bit of work to do, a bit of improvement to do, in my opinion. Yeah, like it's the the other semi finals, the fifth or sixth of. December that weekend so that's what six weeks from now roughly um, so I think to have that time and to do have the games to sort of warm themselves up when it, it sort of builds up quite nicely they'll have probably you'd expect maybe one of me or Kildare in the Leinster final um, which would be a decent test at least it should be or you know that, that would be a step up in opposition in, and then they'll have an All-Ireland semi-final so uh, you know they have they have plenty of time to get it right um, and that, I suppose the fact that they haven't been in the challenge game it just shows you what they're trying to do over this, these last couple of weeks and in the couple of weeks to come that they'll just build it up as it, as it comes. Yeah, Dunnock, and I think you know you were covering, I think, the Monaghan-Mead game yesterday. Like, Did you see anything in that game to indicate there could be some sort of challenge pushed up to Dublin and Leinster? Um, no, to be honest. Um, like, Mead are improving, you know, no doubt about it. And, and that game was sort of their, their uh, sort of a, just their... their their Division One season in in seventy minutes. That was it. Like they were fell asleep for the start. They were one four to no to a point down at the first water break. Andy McIntyre's team talk was in front of the press box, and it wasn't for repeating what he was saying. Um, just went through them, and then we got very competitive. There were a goal down at halftime, and uh, Jordan Morris came on and kicked seven points. He's very. He's actually from a neighbouring club of mine in Nobber, uh, and we've known about him for a long time. He's a, he's a very talented fella, beautiful left foot, and he kicked seven points including the last three and the equaliser um, from play which was a lovely score but so yeah me got a point they probably deserved to pick up maybe a little bit more than they did but I think that's the harsh realities of life in, in top tier football like going into yesterday they had they'd lost three Super 8 games and six Division 1 matches so there's still an awful lot to do to get to that level um, Monaghan for their part like Conor McManus got a goal I think was 65 or 60 minutes, 66 minutes, and I think that put him at 1-7, and he got another point, and he had 1-8, and it was the most understated 1-8 you'll ever see in your life. Like, he was just sort of tipping about, and when he got the goal, he couldn't, I couldn't believe he had done that. It was just because he's just judged by such standards now that, you know, him getting 1-8 was nearly not not that remarkable for, for a player of his ability, so... And Banty was all business afterwards too. He was thanking sponsors, the outgoing Investec, and thanking the all-borough flooring company in New York that he got in to, to, to sponsor Monaghan after the game. So he was he was full of chat about that and, you know, just pointing out that Division 1 is sort of, you know, under normal circumstances when it's a crowd, it's big business as well as anything else. It's, it's good for sponsors. It's good for getting people through the gate. You know, they're guaranteed to have maybe Kerry or Dublin coming to 
monitoring next year. So there was a, a big sigh of relief for them. And obviously they're straight into it with Cavan on Saturday afternoon next weekend. And, you know, again, that's kind of a free shot for Cavan in that one. I think uh, Monaghan will be very wary of that going in. I think they give him a good decorating last year in the Ulster Championship. So, um, yeah, they, they, Monaghan um, are looking at four consecutive weekends of Ulster Championship action if they keep winning, mm. um, which is a massive ask. Yeah, and I guess just on me, you mentioned there their record in the Super 8s in Division 1. It was a similar story, I think, when Kildare got promoted a couple of years ago. I think they lost all their games and they ultimately got to the Super 8s but didn't win, win a game there either. So it shows maybe the Leinster second tier I under Dublin. That was Roscommon as well. You know, Roscommon have uh, got, got up into the top flight, they struggled, and they're a team who've won like Connacht Championships and beaten the likes of Galway and Mayo in Championship football. And they still can't operate at that level regularly to stay up so getting up from division two which is a very hard thing to do and forcing your way into the top six in division one it's it there's a there's still a big distance there for teams yeah just to finish up guys maybe a quick look at, at some of the other divisions it was a you know limerick ended up winning division four and head-to-head wicklow got promoted as well after beating wexford and they actually play next weekend again which is, will be an interesting game division three was kind of sewn up uh, beforehand cork and down go up there but division two as always michael provided a load of drama cavan ended up going they could have got promoted if results had gone their way instead they ended up going down because i'm abby claire and leash had a late rally against romana uh you know not very uh, disappointing for them going into that big game against Monaghan next weekend yeah, they were only in Division 1 a couple of years ago. I remember them playing the dubs in, I think it was Matty McLean's first match in charge of Cavan. Uh, it was in Conus, I think. To, or was it? No, it was in um, it was in Breffney Park. It's only a couple of years ago. Now they're down in Division 3. The, the margins are, are unbelievably fine. Uh, but when you get into Division, you're up to Division 1, it's absolutely cutthroat. You get into Division 2, uh, you're expecting anybody could beat anybody on a given day. Just that for Armagh even getting, uh, getting promoted as well. Like in fairness, uh, Kieran McGinney probably goes about his business. He is he is critics. He's definitely has critics over over the last couple of years. Even when he was over Kildare, he, he had he had critics. But he's gotten our up to to a really really high level. They're probably still. I know they're playing Division One football next year. They're probably still. I'd say just off the the top six, no more than maybe Ross Common probably will be. But he's done an unbelievable job there. And they're playing it. They play a lovely. They play a lovely style. They've loads of lovely lovely forwards, free scoring kind of a side. Um, maybe not what people expected from him, and uh, that's that's a, a massive level of progress for them as well. And yeah, just Division Two, Division Two, no more, no more than let's say the Joe McDonough and Hurlan. Any of the teams, you could throw a blanket over the majority of them; they could beat each other on a given day. But uh, yeah, real, real, real kind of tight stuff. The bit of a bit of a disaster, I suppose, for for Cavan going down. No more than Mayo going down to Division Two for next year as well. But it's kind of it's it's kind of a funny kind of a year and. They'll uh, the, their league form will be quickly forgotten in Cavan if they can turn around and beat Monaghan this weekend. Yeah, and Karen, are there any of the Division Two teams you think could make an impact in the championship? I guess it's it's a knockout nature this year. You know, Michael mentioned Armagh there that they they have a tendency to put up big scores a lot of the time. Anyone jumping out at you there who could make a nice step up? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Well, looking looking the last couple of weeks of the last, like definitely Ross Common are, are are not in a bad position at all, um, and and they made eight changes going up to Cavan. And they play with great energy. You know, they're able to bring back in the the Murta brothers. The Smith brothers were excellent. You know, they changed the whole half back line. Um, so you know, they had the COVID issues and still performed really, really well. So they they have a depth. They have a good system. 
they're, they're working, working very, very hard. And, and to be able to slot in eight different players and play to that same level is quite impressive. So Roscommon are very, very dangerous. Again, good forwards, um, you know, strong enough midfield. So they're, I'd say they're in a nice place going in, kind of under the radar in, 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 in Connacht. Um, Cavan, very disappointing. I think Cavan have gone backwards, if I'm being honest with you. Um, you know, yes, they're missing a lot of players, but lacking firepower up front and I, I think they could struggle against uh, Cavan um, or they could struggle against Monaghan next week they didn't play with any sense of urgency uh, the other day which was disappointing considering they had to they needed to get something out of the game um, Armagh like Armagh for me you know Michael's touched on it some great forwards you know uh, Oshin O'Neill in the middle of the park Reen O'Neill is a beast in the, in the edge of the square and they can bring him in and out uh, Rory Grugan playing very well Stefan Campbell came off the bench made an impact they're playing well for 35, 40 minutes of games, but they're they're, they're but they're, they're they're drifting out of games. And Claire caused them a lot of difficulty, particularly in the third quarter. Got back level, and it was you know you were looking kind of at the game on Saturday, and you're saying, "Armagh have totally dominated this game," but all of a sudden it's a draw with ten minutes to go, and you're wondering how Claire got back, back into it. They're conceding a lot of silly frees, seven frees, I think, a lot of needless fouls off the ball. So their discipline at the back is pretty poor. And they're a little bit vulnerable when they run at. So they still have a bit to improve. But definitely, definitely moving in the right direction. Um, and the one other team that you know are quietly plodding along the last few games of victories is Kildare, uh, and you know, good win against Westmead. Um, and 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 they've kind of found a few new forwards and Derek Kirwan, the edge of the square. Jimmy Highland, he, he's small in stature, but can cause a lot of difficulties. Ben McCormick is back. Daniel Flynn probably still has to come back into the equation. Uh, a few good forwards, and 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 Kevin Feely playing very well in the middle of the park. And they've had a couple of wins on the bounce as well. So they're they're quietly plodding along. Well, Mead are probably getting a lot of the attention because they're in Division 1. Uh, Kildare, I think, are at a, at a, at a reasonable enough level. And uh, you would expect Mead and Kildare to come through in Leinster. And that's going to be, that's going to be a, if the two of them come through to Mead in a Leinster semi-final, that's going to be a, a ding-dong of a game. So, yeah, there's a few teams that are on upward curve, which is, which is positive overall for the championship. But your concern would be, and my concern over the next couple of weeks is that some of the weaker teams may check out. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Um, you know, a lot we've seen a lot of them have had COVID issues and you know, you know, health is obviously a priority, but you know, they're looking at the inevitable in the next couple of weeks coming up against some of the big teams. And, you know, with a straight knockout and no backdoor available, you know, we could have a few one sided games in the in, in the next couple of weeks before we get into the thick of it, which 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 might be disappointing. Hey Ron, I have to ask you, um, after watching the Sunday game last night and after watching Connor's sketches, have you got your gloves on this morning? <laughs> No, I haven't, I haven't. I haven't got them. You know, I have a few. I have a few pairs in the shed. Like, you know, I mean, get you. <laughs> well, you know, you made it when you're getting uh, when there's a parody of you when there's someone doing your sketch. You know, you're big time then. Oh, Jesus, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, Paul, that will um, Kildare. I, I saw Kildare last weekend against Cavan, and you know, you're looking at them, and, and they started that day with Jimmy Highland, Ben McCormack. Uh, uh, in the full forward line and they had a debutante as well Dara Kerwin and they look really good and then at the same time they have Daniel Flynn Niall Kelly uh, hadn't play, won't play either so they have like serious talent there Kevin Feely is one of the best fielders of the ball in the country I would say and you're, you are always looking at them waiting to explode but a little bit like uh, uh, they have they blow hot and cold a bit like Armagh they were 10 points up against Cavan and Cavan came to within a good hand pass of, or just a, a simple hand pass going right of getting level in that game after being 10 points down. So 
like that is that's the question mark that hangs over to there as well. But certainly on paper, you're thinking, geez, they 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 seem to have an awful lot of the right things to to uh, to step up and take the next level. And you'd imagine Jack O'Connor is the man to to do that with them. Yeah, and just on Armad, their record in Ulster has been atrocious under Kieran McGinney. It's, it's the qualifiers where they've uh, really excelled, and obviously there's no backdoor this year. They have Derry first up, and then I think they play the winners of Donegal and Tyrone if, if they can get over that hump. So a tough draw for them if they do want to make an impact. And Michael, I might give you the last word then. Any Division 3 or 4 team you're particularly intrigued to see how they go over the next few weeks? Just a word maybe on Wicklow manager uh, Davey Burke. I saw Colin Keyes tweeted that in the last three years he's won an under-20 All-Ireland Wicklow there. Uh, Kildare Championship with Sarsfield has now got Wicklow into Division 3, which is a very impressive CV. But any any teams there you'd like to see over the next couple of weeks? No, he Davey Burke would have been the one I pulled out um, because I think RTE, did a, RTE went out to went out to uh, the Centre of Excellence in Wicklow the night train started back, county train, and just he was buzzing around, absolute kind of, just full of enthusiasm. He's obviously a young man, he's in his early 30s, and what he's done throughout, you know, the early stages of his, uh, stages of his career has been phenomenal. You know, Wicklow have kind of been tiling in Division 4 pretty much for the guts of the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. So what, what he's done there is brilliant. But, like, there's, not, there's no, like, big household names that we all know of, so job he's done there is huge and I think it'd be massive success for him if they're able to they're already up playing division three football for next year if they're able to get a win over uh, Wexford again another win over Wexford next weekend Wexford's an interesting one too they obviously have no more than uh, Niall Carew in in Carlo Shane Roach is only just in like he's only there what we look just looking at the calendar he's only in charge about five weeks now at this stage so he's coming up again like he's coming up against um Davy Burke is obviously, you know, he's not in, uh, he's not in Wicklow a huge length of time either. But you probably would be favouring probably Wicklow in that one. And just, I, I'd imagine the Kildare job is what Davy Burke is 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 eyeing in the next in the next couple of years. So to see the progress that he's made with both Sarsfields winning the county title and even with Wicklow already getting promotion, um, he's definitely one, definitely going to be a manager that we're going to hear an awful lot more of over the next couple of years. No, definitely plenty of intrigue as we wrap up the uh, Alliance Football Leagues and lots to look forward to over the next couple of weeks too. Kieran, Dunlick and Michael, thanks so much for joining me. Cheers, thanks, Will. That's all we have time for this week on The Throne in association with Alliance. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.